Chapter 2 Click. Hello. Hello, here we are. Here we are again. He was on Hunt Stanton Station, and it had happened again. Click, snap, pop, whatever you like, and it all came flooding back. The soundtrack had been resumed with a sudden switch. The grim, dreary, mysterious, silent film had vanished utterly away, and all things were bright, clear, vivacious, sane, colourful and logical around him as he carried his bag at three o'clock on Boxing Day along the platform of the little seaside terminus. It had happened at the barrier as he offered his ticket to be clipped by the man. You might have thought that the click of the man's implement as he punctured the ticket had been the click inside his head, but actually it had happened a fraction of a second later. A fraction of a fraction of a second, for the man still held his ticket, and he was still looking into the man's grey eyes when he heard the shutter go up in his head, and everything came flooding back. It was like bursting up into fresh air after swimming gravely for a long time in silent, green depths. The first thing of which he was aware was the terrific sustained hissing noise coming from the engine which was to take him back to London. While he yet looked into the man's eyes, he was aware of this noise. He knew, too, perfectly well, that this noise had been going on ever since he had entered the station, while he was buying his ticket, while he was dragging his bag to the barrier. But it was only now, now that his brain had clicked back again, that he heard it. And with it, every other sort of noise which had been going on before, the rolling of a station trolley, the clanking of milk cans, the slamming of compartment doors, was heard by him for the first time. And all this in the brief moment while he still looked into the eyes of the man who had punctured his ticket. Perhaps because of his surprise at what had happened, he had looked into the eyes of the man too long. Perhaps the man had only caught his eye, had only looked at him because he had subconsciously wondered why this passenger was not getting a move on. However that might be, he had only betrayed himself for a fraction of a second, and now he was walking up the platform. What a noise that engine made, and yet it exhilarated him. He always had these few moments of exhilaration after his brain had blinked, and he found himself hearing and understanding sounds and sights once again. After the first tremendous rush of noise and comprehension, exactly like the roar of clarification which would accompany the snatching away from a man's two ears of two oily blobs of cotton wool which he had worn for twenty-four hours, he took a simple, elated pleasure in hearing and looking at everything he passed. Then there was the pleasure of knowing exactly what he was doing. He knew where he was, and he knew what he was doing. It was Boxing Day, and he was taking the train back to London. He had spent the Christmas holiday with his aunt, who had given him ten pounds. This was a station, Hunt Stanton Station, where he had arrived. Only it had been night when he arrived, 
Now he was catching the three-four in the afternoon. He must find a third-class compartment. Other people were going back to London too. The engine was letting out steam, as engines will, as engines presumably have to before they start. That was a porter, whose business it was to carry luggage, and who collected a tip for doing so. There was the sea. This was a seaside town on the east coast. It was all right. It was all clear in his head again. What then? had been happening in his head a few moments before, and in the long hours before that, what? Well, never mind now. There was plenty of time to think about that when he had found a compartment. He must find an empty one so that he could be by himself. If he had